Hey everyone, Lauren here. Welcome to the Ink Feather Podcast. Is it your first time here? If it is, I'll give you a little rundown. If you are into reading fantasy and sci-fi, then this is your podcast. I love reading fantasy and sci-fi, and so I decided to take that love to the next level and interview fantasy and sci-fi authors and industry pros about these books that we love. So I get some insight into the creation of the stories, and I wanted to share that with listeners because I know there's a lot of other people out there like me who love reading these books, wonder where the authors get their ideas want to know more about these people who create these stories that we love. So that's kind of where the Ink Feather podcast came about. So on today's episode, I had the chance to sit down and chat with Bridget Kemmerer. She wrote A Curse So Dark and Lonely by Bloomsbury. It just came out and it's a Beauty and the Beast retelling and it's very, very cool. I read it in one sitting And I just actually interviewed her right before recording this. So it is fresh in my head. She's really delightful to talk to. And actually, I brought up something that is relevant to me this week. I went to Cleveland this past week during our crazy polar vortex to make some more book themed sun catchers. I have a little ink feather Etsy store and I make some fused glass sun catchers. They're very cool. My aunt actually makes fused glass jewelry in Cleveland, which is two hours away from me. And over the years, I've gone there and made many a thing. And so I decided to make some bookish themed ones. And um, I went back to make some more to sell and did something weird to my knees. And I have been in agony for like almost a week. I like hyperextended them and I basically stressed them out. So I'm like an old lady getting up and down out of my chairs <laughs> trying to, um, you know, function in life. It's almost like if you've ever worked out hard and you have like a leg day and you squat so hard that the next day you can't even like sit down on the toilet because your legs hurt so bad and like going downstairs. It's kind of like that, but only with my knees. And so it's very unpleasant. And I wanted to pick Bridget's brain about that because she is very active in CrossFit and she even talked about that. Her her book is dedicated to her CrossFit gym, which is really cool. And I I kinda wanted to, you know, get some insight. So I don't know. I know I'm not the only one. It's the beginning of February. We're already a month into February into twenty nineteen and I don't know about you, but my fitness goals are down the toilet, but I actually just found out that I am doing a wedding uh, elopement in Santorini, Greece. It's actually my friend Alexis. She is a publicist for Penguin Random House, and she's been a good friend for many years, and she is getting married in one of the Greek islands this fall, and I'm really excited to go and to photograph her. I've never been to Greece and um but the first thing that crossed my mind was uh you're really out of shape and the entire island is basically on a hillside and it's just steps so I'm just like oh my god I'm already thinking about that but you know it's February so I've got what seven months to get my shit together basically and try to get healthier and because you know I'm 38 almost 39 and you know I've I'm past the days of wanting to be skinny. I just want to be healthy. And, you know, my lifestyle that I ideally love is very active. I'm a hiker. I love to go outside. And unfortunately, 
being a photographer, there's a lot of editing and doing this podcast. There's a lot of sitting. So a lot of my job is very sedentary, like most people's jobs um, and reading too. <laughs> you know, you can't really walk and read a physical book. It's kind of impossible. Thank God for audiobooks. But so I'm, I'm trying to think of ways to incorporate fitness into my life. I got a treadmill in my office um, that I kind of want to make a treadmill desk out of. And I'm trying to find ways to like read while I walk, um, like on the treadmill. If I walk really slow, I'm going to see if I can do some books with that. But yeah, I, I just, I was really inspired by Bridget because she, you know, does it. She balances her life and her fitness and her family. And, and she, I'm really just inspired by her because she's, you know, doing it. She's out there. And, you know, a couple years ago, she said she made a life change and, um, it's just nice to see people doing, doing those things, making those choices. And, you know, it's so easy to say we're going to make a change, but it's a lot harder than it seems. And, you know, I'm, but I'm kind of over it. Like my knees being sore this week really reminded me of what, what it's like to have a body that is fully functioning, like just a normal body that I can you know live in. And then that took me to the next level is like, well, Imagine how much better you'd feel if you weren't carrying around, you know, a hundred plus extra pounds of weight and you actually had some sort of endurance and, you know, all of that. And so it's kind of got me thinking about ways I can improve my health and, you know, try to balance that. So I would love to hear from you guys. I don't know what kind of fitness regimes you guys all have who are listening to this. If you are active, what you do to stay active, if you're like me, if you've kind of I feel like I've crossed the tipping point and I've got a big uphill climb. <laughs> Hopefully do it now so I don't have to do it when I'm in Santorini um, in the fall. But yeah, I just like like I'm going to Portland uh, and, and California in a couple of weeks to visit friends. And, you know, we're going to be hiking around and I know I'm going to be struggling. And it makes me sad that I'm my experiences with these friends that I love are going to be hindered in my mind because I'm going to be panting along behind them. I mean, my one friend Rebecca is a falconer and she's got her birds in the field and we're going to go hunting with her birds, which is so cool. And I've been friends with her for a few years and I've never been visiting her when she's got her birds in the field. So that'll be cool. And then one of my best friends, Harmony, who lives in Portland, she's, you know, they're fantasy photographer like me and she makes all these dresses and we go hiking around and her and her husband are way more fit than I am. And uh, so I just, I'm just tired of being the uh, you know, out of shape, huffing and puffing fat friend, <laughs> pulling the line at the end here going, oh, so I'm over it. So I want to find ways to still have the life that I love in the sense of, you know, doing podcasts, reading all the books that I read and editing photos and stuff, but I've got to find a way to change it up. So I'm hoping the treadmill desk works and audiobooks help, like I said. Um, but yeah, I would love to know for those of you who are avid readers, if you've found a way to balance all of that reading time with moving <laughs> and health. Um, yeah, my sister's also a dietitian, so she sat down with me and talked food and health and all of that good stuff. So, but yeah, I, I, I just, I don't know. I wanted to pick Bridget's brain and she, um, it's also interesting because, you know, the main character in the book has cerebral palsy and has like a limp. And so she's not able to get around as easy. So, 
I actually read this book in bed this week. My knees were so painful um, a couple days ago that I was just through the town was like, forget it. I have to lay down. I have to elevate my legs. And I'm just going to read this book while I'm in bed. And I mean, I needed to read it and it was fine, but it was just <laughs> made me very aware of my situation. So, but yeah, I, I really hope you enjoyed this interview. It was, she was really cool to talk with. She's really delightful and interesting and the book is great. If you like retellings, I think you'll really enjoy this one. And yeah, stay tuned and I hope you enjoy the interview. Oh, but I forgot before we go into the interview, I just want to remind everybody that I have an email list for the podcast. It is not going to be anything spammy. I'm going to send one email a week reminding everybody of the episode that just came out so that you don't miss any episodes because mostly right now my promotion is on Instagram with some other tags on various social medias. And I know with the algorithms, a lot of people miss things. And so I would hate for me to interview an author that you're genuinely interested in and you not get to hear them because you didn't know it existed. So you can obviously subscribe. We're on um, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, and then SoundCloud is where I host it. But you can, yeah, if you subscri- subscribe to the email list, then I will literally be sending out one email a week just saying, hey, check it out. This is what we talk about. It's awesome. So there is a link to that in my profile. There is a link to that in my Instagram profile. There is a link to that in the information under the podcast. So please subscribe. That would just be awesome and give you the chance to not miss any episodes. Okay, now on to the interview. Hi, Bridget. Welcome to the Ink Feather podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. I, I'm excited you were able to kind of change up your schedule. For those of you listening, we were going to put our episode later in the month of February, but I had a blank space on today's episode schedule. So Bridget, you know, was very flexible and willing to talk earlier with me so we can give her her own episode. And I'm excited to kind of pick your brain too, because you just got back from part of your tour. Yes, I did. No, the first week is over. And uh, the first week of tour is always really kind of hectic because I did basically five different cities in five days, yeah. uh, which also kind of throws my credit card company for a loop, which I found hilarious. <laughs> but no, we had a great time. We had a great time. Who were you touring with? So I was touring with Annie Goggin, who um, her, her author name is AC Goggin. And she is um, most known for uh, she's got a retelling of Robin Hood from a female point of view called Scarlet. Um, and it, she's got a series that follows that book. And her most recent title was Imprison the Sky, which was book two of the Elemente series, which is also with Bloomsbury. Mm-hmm. And then debut author Mimi Yu was also with us. And her first book is The Girl King. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I I actually had Annie on the podcast a couple episodes ago. We were talking about her Elemente series. And I really loved it. And she was reading your book. So it was like really because she was talking about going on tour and how excited she was to kind of hang out with you guys. And I haven't read Mimi's book yet. So I've heard good things, though. No, I definitely recommend I recommend both um, both books. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, so, they're great authors. Well, and I think I saw from your social media, this was when we were having like crazy polar vortex and you guys are in like Minneapolis when it was at its peak and Minneapolis was one of the worst cities hit. It was like negative ridiculous. So we were, we were in, um, in Milwaukee. In oh, Wisconsin. Milwaukee. Okay. Yes. And you know, it was like being in a disaster movie. So, <laughs> you know, we landed and got to the hotel and there were just piles and piles of snow everywhere because they had gotten a few feet of snow the day before we landed. And, you know, in the hotel, they were talking about how the 
how like the city was basically shutting down because it was so cold. We were worried our event was going to get canceled. And, you know, it's, it's funny. So we, I went up to check out the, the hotel gym and the hotel gym is like on the roof and it's got all these glass walls and I walked, yeah, I used my little key card and walked in and it was freezing and the heat was on in the hotel gym, but because of the glass walls, it couldn't, it couldn't handle it. Um, and the, the, the hotel gym was 38 degrees. Oh my gosh. So, did, so I, I did not use it. I was going to say, did you work out and just like <laughs> run really fast till you were warmer than the room or what? No, I did not use it. Yeah. I don't all. blame you 100. And cause it was like negative 10 or something, wasn't it? Oh, it was, it was insane. I was sending my husband, um, screenshots of like the weather. And then even my hotel room, that night it was so freezing cold. And I finally discovered that one of the windows in the room was broken and it was open just a little crack. Mm. Um, and I had to wedge like a little piece of cardboard in there to keep that shut. Oh my gosh. And then in the morning we had a connection through Chicago and we had to, we had to, you know, get a car service to drive us to Chicago because our plane was canceled. And then even in the Chicago airport, it couldn't deal with the cold. I mean, it was, I I could go on with the stories. It was the most bizarre day. I still have no idea how we got out of there. I feel like I saw Annie posting on her social media, like in O'Hare, in winter garb, being like, I'm so cold. I'm sitting in the airport at my gate and I'm freezing because like they couldn't handle the weather. It was was so cold in the terminal. We were freezing. We were wearing like our full parkas and scarves and and everything. And it was, it was just, I've never seen anything like it. It's, it's really funny. I've, I've known many an author over the, over the years who've gone on tour and I always jokingly, I'm like, okay, gird your loins guys, you know, it's, it's, you never know what's going to happen. Well, there's truth to that because it's like, holy crap. And, and I mean, I feel bad for you guys. I know it's fun and it's great for, you know, for us as readers to go and, get to see you guys in person and hear you talk and get books signed and stuff. But like a new city every day, you know, the routine of getting up at the crack of dawn flying and then doing a thing and having to be on that night and not getting sick. I, I, I just, as cool as it seems like, Oh my God, I want to be an author and have a tour. Like I'd also feel kind of bad for you guys because it's (laughs) insane. It's intense, but it, you know, that's cool. And you're only halfway through. You still have a bunch of stuff happening next week too, right? I do. So I'm doing, I'm doing the uh, Trinity Prep Author Festival this coming Friday the 8th, um, and that's in Orlando, and that's open to the public if you have any listeners who are in the Orlando area. Oh, that's cool. And, yeah, no, it seems like it's going to be awesome. There will be a lot of authors there. And then on Saturday, I'm doing a joint signing with Sean Hutchinson at Inkwood Books in Tampa. And then the following week, I'm doing two um, signings with Susan Dennard, the author of the oh, Truth Witch series. She's the best. Um, she's amazing. And we're going to do uh, Philadelphia and Chicago. Oh, that'll be so great. Yes, I'm very excited. Wow. Yeah, Suze actually was on the podcast last year, and she's coming back for Blood Witch. So I am a huge fan of her. She's delightful. That's great. Yeah, we're excited. So I kind of want to um, pick your brain. I I was laughing. Well, I wasn't laughing. So I've had, like, some major health issues happening to me this week my knees I like hyperextended my knees this past week and I was like thinking about you funny enough because I was you're you're very into CrossFit I noticed you dedicated the book to CrossFit people you were just saying gym at 38 degrees granted you didn't do it because you're not completely insane but you know (laughs) you're like doing this thing and I, I, I you know it was kind of inspiring for and you know we're talking at early February. It's the 4th of February today. So it's still early in people's like New Year's resolutions. Like what are you, how, how is that like being incorporated into a big part of your life? Like it seems like it's a big 
part of what you do now? Like is, is this fitness regime? (laughs) So, you know, I love it. So back in the fall of 2017, my husband and I were kind of at this point where we were just basically sitting around the house. We had not been to the gym in forever. We weren't, we weren't doing anything really physical and we were just gaining weight and not feeling great about ourselves. And, you know, it was just kind of a difficult time in our lives in general. Um, So I have a friend who lives out in Oklahoma and she had been going through some postpartum depression and she Mm. kept texting me and saying, I started doing CrossFit with my husband and it changed my life. And I feel so good about myself. You really need to do this. You need to give it a try. So I looked up, I looked online and there was a place like five minutes down the road from us. Wow. Okay. Right. And I was like, okay, that's, I've got to give this a shot. It's five minutes away. And I walked in and it was like one of the hardest days of the year that they had, you know, scheduled for their you know, fitness programming for that day, but I gave it a shot anyway. And the people were just so warm and welcoming and encouraging. And I mean, the the workout took me like an hour and 20 minutes, which was bananas. It's, it's never that long. And this, you know, this, this one woman like stayed late. She was like, you know, I'll, I'll finish the rest of the workout with you. Like she didn't know me from anybody. She, it was just, it was such a great experience. And I, I told my husband and he went the next day and we signed up on the spot And I tell people all the time that, you know, I I am going and getting a workout, but it's just, it's such a community and such a supportive community that I I almost feel like I'm just going to hang out with some friends Hmm. and we happen to get a workout in while we're there. And it's really changed my attitude because for me, you know, I've always been a little on the heavier side and it has really changed my attitude from focusing on losing weight and being skinny to being strong and being proud of what my body can do, if that makes sense. No, that's a hundred. I'm a hundred percent with you there. Yeah. So, and I, you know, I really kind of started posting about it on social media, especially on Instagram a lot, mostly just to hold myself accountable. And it was amazing to me, the messages I would get from young women telling me that how afraid they were to go into a gym, but they saw, you know, that I wasn't afraid to go into a gym. So they decided to start working out. And now I get so many messages from all over the world. And it just, you know, sometimes people are like, Oh, are you going to CrossFit this week? And I'm like, yeah, I am. And I, I I just, I love that so many people are kind of doing it along with me that that's really incredibly meaningful to me. Wow. I was going to say, I mean, you're known as an author, but you know, having this whole, subculture. I mean, that's why I'm asking you because I saw it as well. And like I said this week, I I wasn't even doing anything and I hurt my knees and I was just like, it made me aware of my body when it's not damaged. And Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I'm in the pace where you were before you started. I'm not in a good health place right now at all. And so it's been one of those like, oh, I'm I'm actually going to Greece in September to photograph a wedding. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be in one of the Greek islands. It is all steps and I'm going to die. And what am I going to, you know, and I'm excited about it, but it's like, it's a good motivator for me to like start pushing myself to do more cardio things and things to, you know, work my endurance better. And I don't know, I just, right when I was in that mental state, I kept seeing your feeds and your comments. And like, I think right when I hurt my knees, I saw you had a, uh, someone, a fan had gotten you a really cool mug. It was like, yes, it was amazing. Something beauty and the beast. What, how does, what does it it say? Um, oh wait, ah, man, it's like sitting right here in my kitchen somewhere. It says, um, 
look like a beauty, lift like a beast. Yeah, I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it made my whole, and I just, I love that people identify me with, with like lifting weights and things like, I mean, because for somebody like me, I grew up, you know, I've always been kind of like the chubby girl, mm-hmm. the chubby reading bookish with glasses girl. And um, I can relate. And, yeah. Right? I mean, and so many of us can. And yeah. now for people to associate me with like weightlifting and fitness just blows my mind. It's never something that I would ever think that I would be associated with, and and that just that means wow. a lot to me. And it sounds like it's it's helped all aspects of your life. Like it seems like you have a good balance, like on your social media. I don't know if that's just how you happen to post, but it seems very distinctly into thirds. You have your gym stuff, your writing stuff, and then just like life, family stuff. And it's I, I feel like I kind of know you, even though I this is the first time I've ever talked to you. You know, like it's just from how you post, it's really cool to kind of get an insight into into people, and that's one of the reasons I like doing this podcast. Is yeah, I want to hear about your books, and I love dissecting your creating of a story that I connected with. But it's also fun to kind of just find out who the person is behind the pages, I guess. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, so that's it's very it was very cool to see your your CrossFit. I'm frankly terrified to go to CrossFit it it just looks way too intense for me but oh but it's not and I, th- I think because the stuff that people see online is so like oh my god that guy's jumping on a 30 inch box I could never do that the most amazing thing about CrossFit is that everything can be scaled and you can walk into a gym and do the same workout as a super like buff fit person mm. and they just they just scale it scale the movements to a point that you can achieve the same kind of effect. And it's really, it's really kind of amazing. Like when I was in, when I was on tour, I I got a chance to do one workout at a CrossFit gym in San Diego and it was fantastic. And I went in there and they had a a really difficult workout program and they had like the super buff early twenties, muscly guys (laughs) doing workout next to this woman who had to be in her sixties just doing it at her own pace. And I just, I think that's one of the coolest things about CrossFit is that anyone can really do it. It's amazing. Hmm. So it's just finding that connection and like, yes, that's really cool to, to hear. Well, maybe I'll have to check it out. There is a cross track gym, like right down the street from my house. And I pass oh, it all see, the time. I always see them like running the block and I'm like, Oh, as I drive by like, hello, have fun <laughs> running the block, crazy people. But <laughs> they're also in way better shape than I am. So yeah, I actually remember my sister tried it. My sister lives in Montana and she, I think she tried the one out there. I can't remember if it was there or in, when she lived in Ohio, but she called us crying from the car because she was so <laughs> anxious to go in. Her anxiety level was like through the roof about, oh my God, this is going to be so intense. I'm going to die. Like she's so freaked out. She had fun, but it was like, so, so I think maybe that's what I have in my head is my sister like crying about the stress level, but Aww. But it's good to hear someone on the other side. So do you think that it's helped? Like you're, you said it changed a lot of things in your life about just being strong and people identifying. But do you find that it's helped with your writing at all? Like just a different perspective on things or like different energy perhaps? So definitely a different energy. And I think one of the things that really drew me to CrossFit, because I had tried other stuff. I don't like running. I don't like, you know, biking. I, really, I'm, I'm not a go to the gym kind of girl. And I I think what I liked so much about CrossFit is that it is different every day Mm. and somebody else programs a workout and you just have to show up and do it. And I think because so much of writing is kind of uncertain, you know, you're, you're creating so much in your head and you're drafting, you know, as you're drafting the story, like so much of it 
doesn't really have a plan. Like you have to put it together on your own. Mm. It's nice to be able to go somewhere and have somebody else say, look, this is just what you have to do. And it, and it, it was a really nice balance that I didn't know that I was missing hmm. that I found, if that makes sense. No, totally. And I'm sure by default you have better energy and all of that good stuff too. So. Oh yeah. yeah. That just comes along with the moving part yeah. for the course. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. So I kind of want to dive into the book now, A Curse of yeah. Dark and Lonely. It is so good. I read it in one sitting. Wow. I mean, it was a long sitting because it's a big book, but I basically did nothing else from when I picked it up. I was like, oh, I'll get this started. I had myself a couple days to read it. And I was like, no, I'm just doing this all day today. Oh, no. <laughs> so that was really fun. It's the it's the beginning of the third series you've published, correct? Yes. What was there any different vibes with this series like going in or was this like a story that was near and dear to your heart? It's excellent. I haven't read your other books. Um, I do like okay. Elemental Magic and I know you have like an Elemental Magic series, which is, looks really cool. But yeah, I I was like, I just love this book. And I was curious this, you know, after the third, this is the third round of, of a series. How was it different or did it have a different energy or vibe creating it? So the way this story came to be is kind of funny and it's kind of a longer story, but um, I'll try to keep it short. But <laughs> so back in 2012, I was switching literary agents and I had talked to Mandy Hubbard because I really liked her. And this was right after my first book had come out and Mandy liked my first book and I had let her read a draft of my second book. And those were in the, the elemental series. And she said, can you pitch me some new ideas? So I threw out a bunch of ideas that I had kind of had rattling around in my head. And one of them was, um, what do you think if we did kind of a Beauty and the Beast mashup with Groundhog Day, where the prince is kind of cursed to turn into a monster um, <laughs> over, the course of over the course of time, and if he fails, and at the time I think I was thinking maybe a year, and I said if he fails, the curse starts over, he goes back to a handsome prince and he has to try again. So, you know, in, in the in this story, it ends up being three months. It ends up being the autumn season. And she loved that idea. Mm -hmm. And she said, write me 50 pages. So I did. And my publisher at the time uh, wasn't interested. Mandy loved the story. But, she, you know, my publisher at the time wasn't interested. They wanted to do more elemental books, which was fine. Sometimes, you know, that's the breaks. So I just kind of shoved it in the dusty corner of my laptop and didn't really think about it. And at the end of 2015, so this, you know, three years later, I was kind of in a really difficult place. I was still working full time. You know, I had my three little boys. Publishing was kind of exhausting. And I didn't know, I, I was almost at a point where I was thinking about giving up writing because it was so hard. And I remember very distinctly having this conversation with my husband where I said, you know, I, I keep chasing this dream of being able to be a full time writer. And I'm worried that I'm going to wake up one day and my kids are going to be 18 years old and I'm going to have spent their entire childhood, yeah. you know, chasing this dream while basically working two jobs. And my husband said, and he's usually very profound about these kinds of things. He said, when is the last time you really wrote something just for fun, just something that was just for you? And it had been a while, you know, everything had been like under contract or, you know, part of a series and he was right. So I pulled out, those 50 pages that I had written for Mandy years before. And after sitting in my laptop for years, I was like, these are awful. And I destroyed them and rewrote the story from the beginning and yeah. sent Mandy 50 pages again. And she said, I still love this story. I think we can sell it. Write me a synopsis. And she took it out like 
the next day. And a few weeks later, we had several offers and it ended up going to auction. Wow. Um, I know. It was, it was incredible. It ended up going to auction and wow, selling. Awesome. And this was in early 2016. Um, and we ultimately, I was very happy that we ended the, that Bloomsbury won the auction because I had already been working with Mary Kate at Bloomsbury and she is an amazing, amazing editor. So I'm so glad that they won the auction and that, that everything turned out the way that it did. And that I was, I was ultimately because thanks to that auction, I was ultimately able to quit the day job as they say. Wow. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and it, it was such a, that's why I say my husband's advice at that point was so profound because it really makes me think now all the time, anytime I'm starting a book, it reminds me that I have to keep the fun in it. Like I have to have the joy in the story. Sometimes I think people get really fixated on following. No, the rules. Totally. Yeah. It makes me think about like, I've been a full-time business owner since 2010 and it's always evolving. And part of the reason is that I get to a place where I'm like, this isn't fun anymore. And if I'm going to be miserable, I could go have someone else pay me to be miserable. Yes. I'm running my own business so I can create this life that makes me genuinely happy. So what makes me happy right now? And then I kind of have to shift yearly. I kind of have been slowly evolving things over the years, but it's a similar kind of thing because you can get bogged down and, and these things that you're supposed to love when it, I mean, no job is perfect, of course. There's always, but you know, overall, I'm I'm totally can relate to that because you're like in the middle, going, isn't this supposed to be the dream? And you're miserable, and almost like you said, almost at the point of quitting. But I'm really glad you didn't because I really enjoyed this book. Um, so why Beauty and the Beast? I mean, out of all the fairy tales, was why were you connecting with the idea? I love the like meets Groundhog Day because it's totally true and I didn't know I didn't think about that because we actually just Groundhog Day was just yesterday or two days right. ago so so fun, funny enough it's it's Groundhog Day again um and it's poor poor Ren it's oh god I'm still here <laughs> and he's you you actually kind of do a nod to the move to the movie because he's like tries to end the curse by like ending his life in all these different horrible ways and like oh, nothing yeah. works and he wakes up again and is like well here i am again I mean, yeah now that i'm thinking about it, i'm like oh that's kind of hilarious <laughs> you know it's funny because you know i was thinking when i was first when i was rewriting it and i was um working through Ren's character. And I was like, what would an 18 year old boy do if he were just like, I am so done with this. And that's, you know, cause he does. He's like, I burned down the castle and I, you know, tried to get my guardsmen to, you know, cut my head off. Yeah. Serious. Like it was a lot of fun. And I mean, the whole, I, I've always loved the whole beauty and the beast story itself. I remember being a kid when the beauty and the beast was the, the Disney version was going to be in the movie theaters. And I would like yeah. stop disney channel for the commercial like waiting <laughs> for them to advertise for it and i don't know i just i think there's something that speaks to everyone about seeing the true you and you know who we are inside is what really matters not you know necessarily the external person that we present to the world i mean now that i'm an adult i'm like well actually kind of the external person we present to the world is important too but i just i don't know i think it's a powerful fairy tale i think there's a reason that so many people list it as their favorite is there a reason that you wanted to have modern day connected like you didn't just go full fantasy with it because the idea of you know prince stuck in groundhog day could have all been just set in this world but you bring a girl from like modern urban dc with total and like a screwed up family all these like common modern 
earth problems and throw her in this like fairy tale world and she's like wtf basically (laughs) (laughs) but like i I, and i love that those are one of some of my favorite kind of books to read where it's like real person because obviously we all wish magic was real in its own way and and, and it isn't and i mean science i think is the closest we can get because it's really cool but like i wish i could just I wish I had elemental magic, frankly. I think that would be rad. Or I wish I could speak all the languages or whatever your magic power would be, you know. But, like, I love when a real person from the real world is thrust into this completely different, unfamiliar place. So what made you want to balance his fairy ness with a real world girl? I mean, really, the like... Same, same. I just, I love the idea of, you know, that there's more than this, right? And I just, when I was a kid, the kind of books that I loved to read uh, were the ones where it was the fantastic world interacting with the modern world, Uh, you know, whether it was a portal fantasy or whether there were like, you know, the fae were secretly living, you know, around us. I just, I love those kinds of stories. And when I was writing this, I was like, I don't know if there's a market for this anymore. Cause it was huge in the nineties when I was a teenager. Um, I think we were the same age because I was like, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King's mine. Like Aladdin, Lion King and the Beauty and the Beast all came out like back to back. So there's like, I can tell the age of someone based on what movie for me, it was the Lion King, but they're all like right in the same window of like early nineties movie awesomeness. So yes. I, I just loved the idea of, you know, a girl being kind of whisked out of our world and into this fantasy land. And I, you know, I just like a lot of girls, I like pretty dresses and castles and princes and guys with swords and horses and all those fun things that made their way into the book. Yeah, but she's kind of like the anti-heroine in a way. She is not a frilly girl by any means. And no, she's really not. I she's love not. that about her. Tell us about creating Harper because she is such a fun and great snarky little tiny human like I just think she's awesome like I really enjoyed reading her character a lot thank you you know Harper Harper was a lot of fun to write because she is a lot of people underestimate her because they see that she does have cerebral palsy and she really is kind of in a really crappy situation Mm -hmm. with her family where you know her family had been somewhat well off she had ridden horses as a kid and done all these things and then her mom got sick and that put them into debt so now her brother is trying to, he's doing some unscrupulous things to try to, you know, basically put food on the table. And since he doesn't think Harper can help him, he has her playing lookout for him. And, you know, Harper does it because she knows she has to, but at the same time, I think she's really resentful that she can't do more. Yes. When she gets to Emberfall and she meets Prince Ren and he's, you know, really broody and sulky and angry that he's been trapped in this curse and his people. Like one of the things I really wanted to look at was what is happening to the kingdom, you know, when this prince is cursed and she sees that his kingdom is like fallen into despair and poverty. Yeah. She's like, dude, you are sitting in this rich, you know, Royal castle with all this food and money and your people are suffering. Stop thinking about yourself. (laughs) Get over Uh, it and help the people who are actually suffering. I mean, yeah. I mean, she obviously at the point didn't realize that, you know, he turned into this monster, but at the same time, she wasn't wrong. I mean, right, right. You know, impoverished people whose houses are being burned down and whose lives are being threatened, and I mean, and she's actively there to witness that. It's like, okay, priorities, dude, and and I love that she helps him see that. But yeah, she pulls no punches and like takes no prisoners. I really like that about her. She really is very outspoken. It's, um, you know, for a good part of the book, they kind of create this um 
illusion that she's like a princess from another land to kind of help boost morale that you know that there's hope in the world and and he at one point was like are you a princess back in your world because (laughs) you kind of act like it and she's like no she like laughs at him (laughs) because she's the farthest from the truth but she you know fakes it till she makes it and just uses her confidence in her or like you know just kind of i don't even know what the word would be her her snark and her you know just like bluffing skills she's learned over the years and just rolls with it yeah they're a really great balance um and i love that they both struggle with completely different things but it's a really good balance when you see them dealing internally with their own issues and how they the other person kind of pulls them out of it i mean i guess talk about their dynamic because it's a really fun relationship they they kind of circle each other the whole book and like you know she finds out I don't want to say super early on that you know she could potentially break the curse by you know falling in love with him essentially which is what the curse always is is mm-hmm. for Beauty and the Beast but she's like yeah I'm not gonna fall in love with you dude and he's like <laughs> I'm not expecting you to he was kind of resigned to the fact but then you know they're both charming to the other in in certain ways and and appealing to the other in certain ways and it's like they're it's a good balance thanks yeah i when i was writing them i i have this conversation between ren and harper where you know she's explaining to him what uh cp is and um she says you know a lot of people have it more severely but i'm really lucky and he's like you know it's kind of funny that you call yourself lucky and she's like well it's kind of stupid that you call yourself cursed <laughs> in this big expensive castle and um and, and I think that's really the the root between them that they're so used to seeing other people and seeing themselves in a certain way that they really make each other you know kind of see things from a different perspective and they they really kind of grow outside of their own thoughts I guess it was a lot of fun putting kind of pitting their situations against each other and forcing mm-hmm. them to have a little bit of empathy for each other you know because even Ren doesn't really trust Harper. He's tried to break this curse like hundreds of times and he's never, you know, now he's, he's so resigned to failure that he's like, yeah, whatever. It's just not going to happen. I just need to play this role and get a girl to fall in love with me, which of course is not ever going to happen for any guy. Yeah. That's not Um, how that works. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So no, they were, they were a lot of fun to write together. Why cerebral palsy? You know, she's physically, I don't want to say flawed because that's not necessarily true but different she has a she does Josh, her her Josh, yeah. yeah her cerebral palsy manifested in basically her leg she has a like a stiff leg and it gives her a limp and so physically she's just not able to run or move as fast which because obviously it, it affects it's a you know because of lack of oxygen in the brain you kind of go into it too for those <laughs> for those who have no knowledge of how it comes to be that it's not a genetic thing it's just happens at birth and it manifests completely differently in everybody who who is affected by it. So why did you go that route? Why that particular manifestation? So I knew, I knew that I needed, I wanted Harper to have some kind of physical limitation or some kind of challenge because the the whole book really talks about, you know, curses and how we view ourselves and what one person may see as a curse. Another person may not. And it's really, you know, that's, that's kind of one of the central themes of the book. So I grew up with my friend Erin and uh, we grew up riding horses together and she had CP and she's read all of my books and, you know, and she would joke periodically, you should write me into a book. And as I was creating Harper's character, I was like, maybe this is the perfect opportunity. And, and it kind of built from there. And it was wonderful because I could was able to go back in my memory for things that Erin might have struggled with when 
you know, we were growing up together and riding horses and things like that. Mm. And then she also gave me a lot of insight into, because we didn't go to the same high school, into what high school had been like for her yeah. and things like that. And then I also, you know, obviously I had a sensitivity reader for the manuscript because I wanted to make sure I hadn't missed anything and, and I was accurate. And I also spoke with a pediatrician to make sure that medically I had everything correct. So no, it was, it was really important to me to make sure I portrayed Harper in an accurate way. But really it was just from my childhood friend that kind of was my inspiration for beginning to build her character man she must love that harper is was inspired by her because she's such a rad character that must have been so like oh she's so cool Uh, (laughs) it was really nice seeing that in 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 print have you had anyone um now that it's been out in the world contact you who has cp that have read it i've gotten i've gotten some really incredible um emails either from teenagers or or you know women you know, who, who appreciate seeing themselves kind of in Harper's character. And that I, that's incredibly meaningful and powerful to me. Um, you know, it may, it always makes me feel a little sad when people, you know, say, thank you for writing this book. Cause I don't, I, I don't feel like I, I did it for that, if that makes sense. Um, but it, but it really is, you know, very beautiful. And there, there's a one reviewer named Maisie on, Twitter who had, who did a whole video about it and what it meant to her. And that, that was just incredible Aww, to me. That's yeah. wonderful. And you, I saw someone named their child after Ren. Oh, that, that, that's definitely a first for me. That I was like, what? which is and so cool. Funny. Yes. Because so the, her friend, the mom's friend had tweeted at me, tweeted me a picture. And I was like, Oh my God, I'll send her a signed book or something. And she said, we're going to try to come to your book signing in San Diego. And I was like, with the baby. Like, and she was like, no, we're going to try. It's her third baby. It's okay. And as someone who has a third baby, I totally get it. Like third baby, you're like, I'm getting the hell out of this house. <laughs> Strap the baby on and we're gone. Bye. Yes, exactly. Like you, you're so done. Like you, you know what you're doing with the kid. It doesn't matter. You're out. <laughs> and, um, and when she, and they did, they came to my signing in San Diego. And um, as usual, if, if somebody brings a baby to my book signing, I will, I will hold it for the entire time. And, um, and I did, I held little baby Ren for the whole time. It was Aww. amazing. It was amazing. So wow. So it seems like this book is like connecting with people. I mean, it's a great, it's a really great read. But it's just these stories of of ways that your like book is like affecting people's lives. It's kind oh, of oh, I know. And that I just you know, so much of writing is done like in a back room with my headphones on and no one speaking to me yeah. and just completely solitary. And it 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 blows me away when you know the words that I've written connect with people out in the world. That's phenomenal. So when I first started this book, I thought it might have been a standalone, but then we get to the end and it is most definitely not a standalone. You left us with some interesting cliffhangers where I'm like, I, I, about like three quarters of too bad a cliffhanger. No, no, no. I mean, cause okay. Enough that, enough that we're like cliffhanger in like, I want to know what happens. Not literally like what, you know, but like this, you're right. The story has a has a good kind of solid ending. If you never read the sequel, you could feel like you read a solid, good book. But you, you know, you leave these these little inklings. And I think about three quarters of the way through the book, I was I was like, I wonder if, and then I was like, okay, I was right. And that was the ending. And I'm really curious to see what happens. So we, we you're doing a second book. Yes, the second book will be January 2020, and the title was just released. It's A Heart So Fierce and Broken. And the second book, so you definitely, 
see Ren and Harper, uh, as you would expect. Um, but Gray is also a point of view character. And it was it was really exciting being able to tell, you know, a lot of Gray's story. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Thanks. Yeah, he it, it was a lot of fun. And you get to learn a lot about Gray and you know, what's going on in his life after the conclusion of book one. I don't want to spoil anything from book yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not against spoilers in this podcast, but it's, it's such a, it's such a distinct thing. I would rather just let readers yeah, no, we'll leave experience it. We'll leave it. it. And for those listening who maybe haven't read the book, Gray is kind of like the army commander slash second in command, but everyone has been abandoned or killed in this book. So basically it's just Ren and Gray hanging out. Every yes. <laughs> every three months, starting the curse over, Gray goes and gets a girl for him, and they hope that he can woo her or something. And and they're like not really friends because it's like they don't Gray doesn't really relax enough, or they don't really create the damn. But they are at the same time because obviously he's <laughs> they've been together for years, you know. Yes, so, they have a very complex relationship. They really do. But I yes. really like Gray, and you know, at one point you have Harper and him becoming closer, and. You know, of course, my first instinct was like, oh, I wonder if this is going to be a, like, he's going to be a complication. He's going to fall for her. But then almost immediately, something about their dynamic made me like, I don't know if it was like you said that he reminded her of her brother. And I was like, yes, this is his, this is a brother. This is a brother in this world. This is going to be like a friend that she can connect with and who she feels comfortable with. And it's more of like a brotherly affection for him, which I really love. That was a really great dynamic. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, it makes me sad when people are like, oh, this is going to be a love triangle. And I'm like, no, it's not. She just needs a friend. She does need a friend. Yeah, yes. I, I, that's really great to see that we're going to get some glimpses into Gray's point of view in the sequel. So 2020, January 2020. So we have like yes. a little less than a year. Awesome. Um, before we go, I always like to ask my authors if they've read anything good lately. So I feel like I am the last person in the world to be reading Lee Bardugo's Shadow and Bone series. You're it, not. So what's funny is um, I had had, you know, I kept meaning to read them and I kept, you know, the, the TBR pile just keeps growing. Yeah, girl, and, I hear you. <laughs> right. And then the Netflix news broke and so many mm -hmm. people were excited about it. And I said, you know, I really need to see this story. I mean, I really need to read this story. So I went to my Kindle to buy Shadow and Bone so I could read it. And my Kindle said, you purchased this title in like June of 2013. And I'm like, oh, I guess it's time to finally get around to reading it. But I read it and I couldn't put it down. And now I'm in the yeah. middle of Siege and Storm and it's fantastic. Oh, the Dark League is beautifully wicked and I love him so much. Yeah, he, they're they're really great. Awesome. So for those of you also like Bridget who haven't read Lee's books, check them out because they're rad. <laughs> yes, they're amazing. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for chatting with me about your book your beautiful beauty and the beast inspired groundhog day slash <laughs> snarky badass chick slash um not a love triangle really good book <laughs> i don't know thank how much, you like, so like, much thank you all the summaries here yeah i like i said i really enjoyed it i read it in one sitting and it was uh it was really great so yeah thanks for sitting down with me this was great thank you it's been wonderful for those of you listening, we'll be back next week. I have another Beauty and the Beast inspired book coming next week. I'm going to be excited to kind of, you know, read and compare and see how people do different things to, you know, with these different characters. So that'll be really fun. So make sure you tune back in again next week. And uh, thanks again for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.